0: Hello everybody and welcome to the post 20 podcast. You're now listening to episode one hundred and ninety four of the show uh this is a bit of a recap episode of the season, so uh I am joined by Matt as always, and then Zach is joining us today as well so what's up with you guys? Hello. Matt
1: that's all uh oh, i was I thought you were gonna say more than hello oh, just um, introducing myself yeah, good to be back end of the um, season sad times i was just telling these guys the this exact time last year we were doing this the season recap and everything but we're going to break it up into two parts so it's not a two hour two and a half hour slog fest um it's uh i don't really know how to feel because there's a lot of the transfer window is obviously going on right now um chelsea's chelsea is in the news for I guess I'm happy they're standing with their principal and they're not going to pay more than what they think the guy's valued for, which is smart, but at the same time, it's like we need to get certain guys in, but that's not the point, that's not what today's about it's uh, reviewing this season and what it was, and it was incredible
0: yeah, for sure so, yeah um, the plan for today is to just sort of, Matt, we'll just like open us up we'll start from 20th, go all the way up to 11th and then next week will be 10th to 1st. Um, but we're kind of just going to go over our records with them pick-wise, uh, where they finished, yada, yada, yada. And then I think we've all prepared a little bit uh, of things to say about, you know, the teams, how their season was. I rated them I on a number scale. Okay. Um, so I think uh, this should be interesting. We'll see how, how everybody sort of uh, – wants to review uh, these team's seasons. So I suppose you should lead us off because you have the key info.
1: Yep, I have the doc all set up. I've been working on it the past couple days. Brief overview of our overall predictions. Correct, exactly corrected teams. We all have Man City at first. Zach has Wolves at 13th, correct? And Forest at 16th, correct? And then Evan had Everton at 17, correct? So one right for me again, two right for Evan, and three right for Zach dead on. Um, like Evan said, we're doing the bottom 10 teams, so today will be a lot of negative talk for most of these teams, I would say. And then next week will be more positive and more glowing reviews, I would say. So yeah, starting right there, rock bottom, Southampton in 20th on the year. Um, where we predicted them, Evan had them 19th. I had them 18th, and Zach had them 17th. So we all believed they were going to be struggling this year. Two of us correctly predicted them that they were going to get relegated. When it came to the pick pre- the well predicum the pickum for the year, uh, Zach did the best. He went 20 and 18. Evan went 19 and 19, and I went 17 and 21. Um, I guess a brief overview. If you're talking about rating them, it was it couldn't have gone worse. No. Re- Three managers, a uh, very young team with signings coming in. Uh, biggest being Sulamane for $25 million. We didn't really see what he could have done until the end of the season. Uh, Lavia from Man City with a good signing, but made a lot of mistakes in the middle and didn't really have too much of a supporting, role around or supporting cast around him. And then Belakoc up for a cheap 11 mil was decent too. Uh, had his injury problems though, but I think at the start of the year, he looked really good. Um, But yeah, it was a complete disaster. They had the worst home record, two wins, five draws, and 12 defeats. They had a 13-game winless streak towards the end of the year, or to the end of the season. And the last thing I'd say is um, they only had six wins, all against bottom-half teams. (laughs) Funny enough, they did the double on Chelsea, the double on Leicester, and then they picked up wins against Bournemouth and Everton. So altogether, that's not going to be enough to keep you up, and this team is going to really have a hard time going down with new owners.
0: Yeah. Sure. Um so for Southampton, I I just said it was a disappointing year. Like that's to say the least. Uh I don't really have a lot of love in my heart for Southampton whatsoever. The the magic years with Bale and all that stuff uh is you know that ended a long time ago. But it has been a long time since they've gone down. So I suppose there's definitely some people who are either Southampton fans or maybe just Southampton tolerators who are going to be upset about it. Um, This season was full of lows and really not full of many highs whatsoever. Uh, I mentioned last week when Matt and I were talking that they took eight points from Arsenal and Chelsea, uh, the two draws against Arsenal, then the two wins against the Chelsea who were in turmoil essentially all season. So those were definitely highlights. Um, But the bar was just so low for them this year. Um, 36 goals, Conceded 73, minus 37 goal differential. That's fucking nuts. That's terrible for a top-flight team. Uh, truly just absolute garbage-type stuff. And then in terms of players, I suppose the emergence of Alcaraz, not the tennis player, uh, was sort of nice to see. But the true lows, which doomed them, and which Matt and I have spoken about at length, and just, Matt just mentioned again, was the managerial carousel. Uh, they fired Ralph, and then Jones, and then Celez. They had a hodgepodge of staff from Hassan Hoodle. Uh, And then whoever else came in for the other two managers, and it was just impossible to do anything productive. Uh, The season rating for me, plain and simple, one out of 10. Best of luck coming back up, but I don't know. I think it's going to be tough.
1: Zach, anything to add there? I mean, over the
2: last uh, few seasons, I think we could all tell relegation was all but inevitable for Southampton. I mean, the one thing they do get right uh, is their academy. Yep. I think they sell on uh, a lot of good youth talent, but maybe they're going to need to hoard it in the in the Football League Championship to to get themselves promoted. I know they got some guys from Cities Academy in there, so it's going to be all about their, their youth going forward, uh, I think, to get them back up.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I will say this before we move on. The last uh, little notes um, I took from Evan, I quoted him, one of the negatives he talked about Southampton, and I quote, was he is uh, expecting an absolute stinker. I I hate Southampton, uh, most boring bullshit, wind squeaking teams in the league. They are rats. End quote.
0: I was I was high key right.
1: Yeah. Very I mean, right. It it, it 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 it's equal to where you thought they would finish the year. They did not really have too much. Um. I thought not retaining Broya for another year was a, yeah, that's a miss. problem for them because with Che Adams injured all the time and Broya was decent for them, it really left them with nothing up front, and that's ultimately where things got ruined a bit. But a total total collapse of the club overall, and we'll we'll have to wait and see if they can bounce back like Burnley did this year. But moving up to another team, one a little more surprising that went down was Leeds. They finished nineteenth. For where we thought they'd finish, Evan had them 15th, I had them 15th, and Zach correctly predicted them to get relegated, but <laughs> he had them in 18th. Uh, Records-wise, I did the best. I went 21-17, Evan again 19-19, and then Zach did the worst 13-25. and um, Top scores were Rodrigo at 13, Jack Harrison 7 assists. Biggest signings I had for them, Aronson 33 mil, Sinister 25 mil, Tyler Adams 17, biggest outgoings. Probably one of the main reasons why they went down. Rafinha, who left for 58 mil to Barca, and Calvin Phillips for 49. Uh, they just couldn't find these replacement, the replacements for those key players. A lot of young guys coming in. Jesse Marsh, brand new to the club. Didn't get the gel going. They only picked up four wins in the league up to the end of February. Uh, Bamford low on confidence and and Rodrigo's battling injuries and like, once again they had the worst defense, giving up 78 goals. I think last year they gave up like 80. Yeah, it was it was uh it was written in the stars and the one re the one time they finished tenth was because they had a striker who scored 15 17 goals in Bamford and without that they just couldn't they couldn't battle back how bad they were on defense they couldn't counter it so ultimately it was their demise and now. A lot of questions and a lot of players most likely leaving. Brendan Aronson has a release clause, uh, a relegation release clause in his contract, so we'll have to see if he triggers that, depending on his interest in clubs, but a lot of problems with that club as well as we got off Southampton.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's looking like uh, Tyler Adams is going to be on his way out as well. Uh, I was seeing some rumors today that there are some other teams in Europe and even in the Prem that are looking uh, to buy him. I forget who exactly the prem team was but i think it was maybe brighton or something like that like uh, a decent side yeah that'd so yeah that'd be amazing um on leeds this one's definitely a little bit different i think from southampton i thoroughly enjoyed the leeds project at points um I thought it was particularly compelling when Bielsa was you know, alive and in the cut, but obviously we've had a couple of managers since then. Uh, I think his period was obviously the best, but like I said, it, it's been some time since then, and they still couldn't defend when Bielsa was there. But it was for different reasons than uh, passion, which I think is, is what the big problem is here now. Um, I think highlights and lowlights for Leeds are almost the same thing because we thought it would be the emergence of one true American manager when Marsh came in and then it just fucking sucked. Uh, It was a mess. The team was short of quality players. Marsh was given an extremely short leash by the very passionate and outspoken Leeds faithful. Uh, He never really had a, a chance if we're being honest and the signing of McKinney seemed like it would be a high might be enough to keep Marsh around if McKinney played well, but, the team played McKenney out of position uh the entirety of Tyler Adams season was a highlight as he I thought was immense every time he got a start uh but then he went out he got injured. That was a huge blow. Bamford is dead uh that's yeah, like his career's done. They can't defend ever and they couldn't really score. I'd say b a had a kind of somewhat disappointing season. Uh, but I understand the situation he was in. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of write that off. I, I don't want to, um, say that he's not good enough to be in the primary. He's not good enough to be, uh, in an attacking midfield of a sharp team. I think he definitely is. I just think the situation was really, really bad there this year. Uh, and I wanted our, our national team boys to have Premier league football keeping them sharp, uh, but it's looking like, you know, maybe some of these guys, they might go to other teams, but it's also very possible that they leave the Prem entirely. Uh, I would give Leeds probably a generous three ten, three 3 out of 10 for their season, and I am wishing them luck on the yo-yo. I would like to see them come back up.
1: Did you say what your ranking for Southampton was? Yeah, it
0: was a 1. Oh, okay. That yeah, it was sense. a 1 out of 10. And 1 is not the lowest score. There is a 0 in here.
1: <laughs> oh, well, I, I think I know who that is. <laughs> yeah. So. Zach?
2: Yeah. Um, Lee, I mean, I I was the only one that had him relegated. Yeah. They were another team, like Southampton, that I thought was teetering and, and it was, their time was coming. And, and I think them getting rid of Marsh was the nail in the coffin for them uh, for the season. That just cut all the progress that uh, their so-called project, as you were saying, Evan, was... Uh, the progress towards their project they were building was 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 all done and dusted with with Marsh going. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I just really think that's the that's the key point I had. The bad whether, thing was whether was or fine. not they were keeping him or getting rid of him, and they ultimately got rid of him late, and then the new guy came in, or Sam Allardyce came in after the interim guys, and it was just all a big scramble to make up, uh, ultimately nothing.
1: Yeah, the the most. The disappointing thing was by them going down uh the 49ers investment group is going to buy them if they stayed up they were going to invest in the club and with them being relegated they lost interest in getting aboard with the team because the evaluation of the club goes down significantly when it um they drop to the championship because they're uncertain if they can come back right away so overall the whole american project there is going to collapse there you mentioned ba adams leaving mckinney's gone marsh gone so uh, Leeds Leeds, uh the what was it the United States of Leeds or what
0: was it uh, uh, Leeds United States of America
1: yeah that that project's gone that's so. dead All right. and they
2: gave up the most goals this year yeah. as they have in the past
1: yep. yep that's ultimately cost them uh last relegation team was the most surprising one that none of us saw coming Leicester, 18th. We all Hmm. predicted them to finish in the top 10. Evan, the highest, thought they'd finish 8th. Fucking hell. Zach and I thought they would finish ninth. (laughs) Record-wise, Zach and I both went 20 and 18. Evan, again, 19 and 19. Um, Top scorer, Harvey Barnes with 13. Most assists, James Madison with 9. Their biggest signings were all winner. Foz and Suter, 17 mil, and Christiansen for 14. Very few signings that came in, most of them were defensively. Biggest departures, Wesley Fofana for 80 mil. Casper, uh, yeah, Casper Schmeichel for 1 mil. Denise, their, their captain, leader. And then uh, Mark Albrighton, another guy that was a part of that championship team when they won the title, went out on loan. So a lot of veterans left the team, was left with not much morale. Uh, some critical moments, I thought. They were a bit too arrogant and thinking they were too good to be relegated. That included the manager, too. Rodgers lost the team in the locker room. Uh, he switched the number nine too much. Jamie, you've already started 19 games, DACA 13 games, and Iheanacho 11. And their defense dealt with injuries all season long. Um, a big drop-off year, minimal transfer activity. They still have issues with the back line. Worst team, when defending set pieces, they gave up. What was that? They gave up 13 against one of the worst in the league. And they really struggled when Jamie Vardy wasn't in the team. He, he was a great leader in his form. You saw late in the year, the push he gave really uh, helped in the attack. And just overall, the club's in a big transition period now. They have top-class facilities, uh, but now they have to battle it out in the championship where it's not going to be easy. And then I think an article came out today saying they already agreed on seven guys are leaving the club um, with their contracts expiring. Uh, and I think some positive, a positive note was Johnny Evans is apparently looking to re-sign, so he wants Mm. to battle back for him. Interesting. Um, on Leicester,
0: this is so disappointing to me. Um, champ seven years ago, now they're heading to the championship. Uh, that's truly crazy. I mean, the drop-off this season was just insane. Uh, and their low point started at the beginning of the season. I mean, Matt already talked about this. Fofana, Schmeichel, Jose Perez, Albrighton, Adam luckman they all left ahead of the season and weren't replaced with the same quality as Leicester uh, needed. They took five points from the first 30 available and never recovered. The sacking of Brendan Rodgers was great, uh, but it was way too late. There were definitely a few marquee wins that maybe pointed towards them staying up, Um, But the 2-2 against Brighton in January and the 4-2 thrashing they gave Villa in February were the last signs of what I thought was real life um, that LC ever gave us this season. I have a place in my heart for this team, and I love Telemans, so I was sorry to see him and James Madison and Harvey Barnes all wasted on this limp team this season. Those were guys that could have probably all walked right into the Arsenal team Uh, and maybe gave us that extra competitive edge. But, hey, we have a summer transfer window. Maybe we'll see them. Um, But, yeah, those guys, and hopefully Leicester City, will be moving on to better things. This is a team that will reestablish their identity in the championship, and I think the money they've made since winning the league and the parachute payments will allow them to be back up. I hope that's the case, at least. Season ratings are 3 of 10 here. um, That's probably even a little high. Uh, my standards for them are definitely higher than this, but I think the individual stuff from Madison, guys like Tielemans, even though he was out for a lot of the season, those sort of things I factored in. And I think a couple of these players did show what they're capable of, their true individual quality, and what, you know, what they can do for a real team. So, well, they are a real team. They just weren't this year. Um, so I gave him a three. I factored in individual, but that's probably a bit high.
1: I'd give them a one.
0: Yeah, I guess that's probably fair.
1: For where we thought they'd finish and where they did I had them in eighth, right? Yeah.
0: Mm. Unlucky. Zach, anything that Yeah,
2: had... massive underperformance. I mean, individually, the injuries definitely hurt. But collectively, I think losing the guys of their, of their golden past, like Schmeichel, was a massive loss, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. Losing your captain and your arguably top five goalie in the league uh, based on his performances since they won the league, just, I think, hurt the team in the long run, not having that experience, not having the guys that know the league more than those uh, newcomers, like the new signings they brought in, which I think were all uh, also underwhelming, just hurt the team in the long run.
1: All right. Moving on outside the relegation zone now. Um, we all had at least one team in the correctly picked in the relegation zone. Evan and I had Southampton, Zach with Leeds. So um, all, none of those teams also being newly promoted teams. So we're going to have a lot of fresh faces in the league with the three new teams that came up this year and then the three new ones coming up the, uh, this upcoming season. It's going to be a lot of chaos, and there's going to be a lot of teams out there that you're thinking for Arsenal United Chelsea's sake, you should be winning on paper easily. So... Yep. Um, 17th, team that escaped by the, by the, by a length of a hair, Everton, Evan had them finishing 17th. He got that spot on. I had them the highest of us. I had them 14th and then Zach in between us had them 15th record wise. Evan did the best 18 and 20 Zach 17, 21. And then I went 15 and 23 top scorer of the team, Dwight McNeil, seven. Most assists, Alex Iwobi with seven. Biggest signings were Onana for 35 mil from Lille. Didn't really see the most out of him due to the situation with the with the club. Um, talks potentially of him leaving, which would be catastrophic for them if they want to rebuild. Uh, Dwight McNeil for 17, and then Mark, uh, James Tarkowski on a free, which could potentially be up there for signing of the season. Um, biggest departures were Charleston for 58 mil. Um, Anthony Gordon, halfway through the year for 45 mil. And then <laughs> I put this one up there for a joke. Deli Alley left on a loan. So he'll be back with the team, actually, for next season, depending on what they do with him. Um, critical moments. Didn't have too many, but they were massive. Goodison Park, once again, saved them this year. Beating Brighton that that le- the second time in May. Ultimately saved them with those three points, because if they didn't win that game, they would have been going down. And then Sean Dyche's appointment after Lampard's uh, embarrassing exit helped tremendously due to what he is and what he brings to a club. So um, what did you guys have to add on that?
0: Um, they're cockroaches, man. The Toffees, the cockroaches, they're both, brown, in Southampton. both brown and small. They both kind of look like the same thing. And the cockroaches, that's what Everton are. Um, they stayed up last season against all odds and they did it again here thanks to the 1-0 victory over Bournemouth on the last day uh that's a highlight man that is a highlight of all highlights and it was unreal to watch like what it meant to the players and the fan base to stay up and obviously they all expect more but it's good to see life continue in the prem for them for me and I've been slandered for being an Everton sympathizer but I I really like I don't. I don't want to see them go down. Like Southampton, I don't care. Everton, I've been up my, the entire time that I've been watching the whole time. And when I saw Sean Dyche appointed, um, and I saw Onana and Adricay and Ducore sort of spring to life as this demonic horse filled mid horse filled midfield, that was sick. Um, Dyche didn't make it pretty to watch. It was a lot of eleven behind the ball. It was a lot of slow. It was a lot of nicking goals. But ultimately, it was enough. Um, I love seeing DCL come back. He, I have a soft spot in my heart for him. That was great. But the season as a whole, especially some of the ridiculous losses, were super disappointing. They accomplished their goal, I suppose, but they have to buy a striker to replace Richardson. DCL obviously can't be that with his injuries, which is unfortunate, but it's just the truth. Um, they do that. They get the new striker the ball. They can be close to mid-table with that midfield. They have to shore up the defense, too. But I think, depending on how much money they have to spend, which probably isn't going to be enough, a couple of shrewd deals can can get Everton to a, a much better spot than they were this season. Regardless, the season rating is low as fuck. One out of ten. There's a 0% chance they deserve to stay up, but they did. The Everton are just, like you said,
2: they've been up the whole time I've been watching, just like you. They, they're just a a primary league mainstay, and it's it's hard to to predict them to get relegated. Yeah. And out of all the teams down here that we'll discuss in the bottom ten, they I think they made the best new manager appointment with Sean Dyche. Yeah, for I sure. I mean, the the results just showed that, and it helped that he had some of his guys on that team uh, that he formerly managed yeah. at Burnley. Right. So that made the adjustment uh, that much easier for him. Yeah, uh,
1: I don't really have any too much more to add i would ask do we think we're going to see them in this spot next year yes and what does that do to the club going forward
0: i don't think anything changes i think those fans are just so die hard they they are they go so crazy for everton and i think they're they're gonna live to fight another day and i think that's what the fans will do they'll just fight and regardless of if they're in 17th or not if they stay up, they're going to celebrate like they won the, the whole thing. You know, I think that's just kind of where they are right now until they get a new owner, and that's that's a ways off.
1: Zach, early prediction on next year, are they going to be here again?
2: Yeah, I, I think they'll definitely be uh, hovering around relegation again.
1: I mean, what does that make you do as a supporter of this club when you're invading the pitch at the end of a game because you you you've made safety like they ran on the pitch like they won a title or a league cup or something like i understand it's it's relieving and you're enthusiastic that you're going to still be in the best league but i mean if you're doing that on a consistent basis year after year you got to ask more of your club to get things right behind the scenes get the right people in charge sign the right people get the youth academy going i mean we're not really seeing too much out of these guys and i guess it starts with having a great great manager in charge and I think Sean Dice said himself like they they don't play the most appealing ball uh play to watch in that but he said it's 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 temporarily. So he doesn't see himself being here in the long term. He's that intermediate guy. He just wants them to stabilize and get into a position where maybe they balance the books and then bring somebody new in to freshen things up. But it's gonna be really tough if they fire Sean Dice in the middle of next season that we're gonna see them here again.
0: Yeah, well they they just don't have any money. Like their ownership situation is the worst in the league. It's worse. Yeah, than, I was going to say that. The uh league. it's,
1: it's issues really really with the bad board
2: during during the season as well. Yeah.
1: Well, they're in the, they're currently building a new stadium and if they went down, I don't know what would have happened with the development of that, but I think that new stadium should be built within the next year or two.
0: Yeah, and they're already trying to get like that, like amortized. It's it's a. I was reading into it. It's a fucking disaster. It it is truly impossible to believe that Everton will have any sort of success on the field until the ownership and board situation gets sorted out. And like I said, the the sales of these clubs, like it's really really tough. We're seeing it with Leeds and the 49ers ownership group right now. There's just a lot of T's to cross and I's to dot and. I don't think Everton are going to get sold anytime soon, so I don't think things are going to really change if they can't offer the manager, especially like Dice. I don't think Dice really is the kind of guy that's going to spend a you know a billion dollars, but but you got to give him something, and I don't really think he's going to get anything. So it's definitely possible that we see him leave out of frustration next year. I don't really think that's even a question.
1: I think that plays as a positive for Dyche because he wasn't given much for Burnley, so he's used to minimal. Right? Yeah. Minimal finances and resources in general, and they're off to a good start. Overall, last year, from their two transfer windows, they were positive 25 mil, and they're already off to a positive summer this year, 32 mil incoming already. Uh, unfortunately, Moise Keane, your boy Evan, was sold permanently to Juventus yeah, with mil. You know. They're clear in the books, though. Yuri Mina, they let go on a free. <laughs> he was their highest earner, I think. Uh They're, they're not keeping Cody. Begovic left, so... They're dropping a lot of dead weight. They haven't brought anybody in yet. It's too early, but I think they're off in the right, right direction. They just need to balance the books. They already locked in Pickford to a long-term deal, and uh, who knows? Who knows if they can get another striker in there to balance out when DCL's gone. Yeah. Um. Okay, moving up to 16th. One of the new boys, not in the forest. Uh, Evan had them 18th. I had them 17th. Zach spot on 16th um evans or i did the best i had 20 and 18 zach went 19 and 19 evan 18 and 20 top score um awani awani with 10 a lot of those coming in the last five games i think he scored like six of them um gibbs white most assists with eight biggest signings morgan gibbs white for around 30 mil awani for 20 and also i put down uh Kayla navas and dean henderson on loan, both of those guys in the two separate windows—the fall and the spring period—played their roles. Biggest departures: Ethan Horvath, one promotion with Luton Town, American goalkeeper. Uh, another guy on for banter here: Carl Jenkinson. They let go on a free to play in Australia for the uh, the Jets or something. Um, former Arsenal boy, there. It's funny. Um, critical moments—they stayed up basically because of their home field advantage. They earned. 80% to 90% of their points from home. I think 30 at thirty of their 38. They only won one away match. Steve Cooper lasted the entire year and found his players that can succeed in the system. Uh, as well as they were unbeaten in their last four games to end of the year. The strongest of any team in the bottom half. Um, Evan, you thought they'd go down. They stayed up. What did you, what did you think of their season overall? Tricky trees, man. Uh,
0: it was crazy. They had like a 500-player roster when the season started, and like yeah. Lingard was the guy I thought would be like instrumental in it, but yeah. he, he's literally already off the books. They just got rid of him. Um, this team had so many different guys go crazy at different points. Johnson, I thought it was him. Then I thought it was Gibbs White. And then it was Awoniyi ultimately, down the stretch, who saved their season. I mean, this was just an unreal end to the season. Taiwo scored like seven goals in three weeks, and he was just cooking. Uh, Tough games, important games, and he put the team on his back. This is the sort of rally that makes the yo-yo clubs fun to watch, and I am actually thrilled that they're staying up. I think if they can improve defensively, we have a decent side to watch next year. Uh, Beating Arsenal in that 1-0 victory after we came back against them earlier on in the season uh, was for sure a highlight, Uh, not really for me, but I think for the fans. I'd say it's fair to consider their last five games in general uh, as an absolute relegation escape masterclass. Cheers to Steve Cooper. You're ugly for sure, but you got it done. <laughs> Season rating is a 4 out of 10 for them. Uh, I think they could have been oh, higher wow. probably, yeah. uh, but probably not a ton higher because nobody clicked at the same time in terms of offense.
1: Seven out of ten for me. The goal yeah. was to stay in the league. They did their job. That's I true. Give them a nine out of
0: ten. Yeah, but it was like they could have placed higher than this for sure. Yeah, Zach. Uh, I mean,
1: the I got predictions.
2: spot on the season went just like I thought it would. They were gonna yeah. sh- struggle and then somehow stay up. I mean, I credited that prediction to the fan base and the home field advantage. That's that's all I thought that they had a shot had uh, staying up because of and and it ultimately was. I I knew they had a big fan base. I knew it was a big club and that they were happy to be back up and it just worked out like I thought it would. I don't really know what else to to say than that.
1: No, that's fair. Uh, Looking at their transfers so far, they let seven guys walk um, with their contract expiring. You already mentioned Jesse Lingard. Um, Weird signing though. I think they had a buy clause on Chris Wood and they they uh, did it. So now they have Chris Wood on the books. 17 mil. I don't know why this guy scores two goals a year, the Kiwi. Um, But yeah, ultimately a great year for Steve. I mean, Steve got issues, but he's good at his job. He stays in the league. And I don't know if they're going to be spending crazy again this summer, but if they can clear the books like a few other teams are going to get to, I think they could be fine. Um, Moving on, 15th. Bournemouth, another new team, did the job to stay up. Evan and I had them finishing dead last. Zach had them a little bit higher in 19th. They all proved us wrong. I think they proved 99% of the people that did predictions wrong. Um shout out Joe B, supports both the Cherries. Uh Evan and Zach did the best joint 21 and 17 hmm. with the predictions, and then I went eighteen and twenty. Top scorer, Phil Billing with seven. Solanke close behind with six. Solanke topped the assists uh, with seven. Biggest signings for me, Dango Otara for 22.5 mil. Came in the January window and made a great impact. I'm sure he'll be a mainstay in the lineup next season. Marcus Tavernier, early in the year, did really well, 12 million. I think they got him from Rangers. And then a uh, net and goal on a free from Barcelona. Did a great job. Tavernier, when he was called upon. Or, or Sorry, Tra- Mark Travers, when he was called upon, did a good job too. Biggest departures, they didn't have too many, but Gary Cahill retired, uh, did some TV work. Good to see the lad on t- uh, still in the round of sport. Critical moments, the biggest critical moment was the sacking of our, our legend, our fan-fave manager, Scotty P, um, actually got sacked twice this season. Got yeah. sacked from Bruges after their ugly exit from the Champions League. I don't know the next time we'll see him in a, in a top management job, but besides from the point, that was a great decision on Bournemouth's part to get rid of him early on, and not let the that rot. Uh, Gary O'Neill rallied the man that took his place, and under, he rallied an underrated squad and got results when it mattered, and uh, he had them suited well with simple tactics with the current team to, to survive. Um, we didn't really have too much positives when it came to predictions. Um, I actually thought Scotty P., would uh previously being in a relegation fight before with Fulham would help um but negatives we had lack of squad depth a lot of pressure on Solanke and minimal signings at the time and that we recorded the episode last July so Bournemouth survive we all thought they were going to go down uh what ultimately kind of saved them there
0: Yeah um I'm pretty sure Michael B. Jordan owns a minority stake in this club, which I feel like we have like haven't even talked about at all. Yeah, that um, was I think that was
1: like in February or March because that Jack or Bill Foley, the guy that owns the, the Knights, American, right? The Knights, yeah, he bought them for like a little under 200 mil, and Michael B. Jordan's a part of that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So Bournemouth uh, on the beach down there somewhere near London. Uh, this was their first campaign back in the top flight since 1920. And Bournemouth nearly dropped back into the championship when they were rock bottom in March. Gary O'Neill, however, engineered a remarkable survival bid for this South Coast club. The guy absolutely diced it up at the end to make sure they stayed up. Uh, Scotty P, I am sorry, but you were a fucking ass. How yeah. could you possibly lose nine 0 to Liverpool when they were in their slump? I mean, that is <laughs> nasty.
1: That was that was at the start of the year, to be fair. All.
0: Yeah, that was that was a disaster. Uh, that was for sh- what's up.
1: I was just gonna say their first four games in the league, they they beat fellow two nil at home, good start. But the next three games, which ultimately got him fired, four nil to Man City, first three nil to Arsenal, second nine nil to Liverpool, finished fifth. Oh. I don't know, I don't know if you could ask anything out of him because after that, Gary O'Neill went on a six game unbeaten streak.
0: That's a negative sixteen goal differential through four yeah, games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they didn't score a goal, but I mean, I don't know if anybody could have done anything. But to be fair, they made the right decision.
0: That's right. So I thought that was the beginning of the low point. Then I think after the sacking, Bournemouth lost six in a row in all comps. Uh, That was after the World Cup break. Surely they regretted Gary O'Neill being the coach, but they let him stay anyway. And he picked up the shattered pieces and won six of their last nine games. That's insane when you consider how mudded this club was. This is like Forrest on steroids uh, for end-of-the-season heroics. Bournemouth got out of the gutter with time to spare, and I'd say that the 1-0 revenge game on Liverpool in March was sort of the high for me. Uh, they got one over on Spurs after that, and then they donated their last two games to United, who were searching for Champions League, and Everton, who needed to stay up. Uh, so good on them. That's great karma. The season rating's low still, probably like uh, 4 out of 10, because I wasn't overly moved by them, but still enough for safety.
2: Yeah, they, uh, another point there, they almost got a win off Arsenal. Yeah, yeah,
0: that, I talked about that in the Every Nottingham Forest thing, and late I was That
2: Yeah, they had some crazy results and potential crazy results this year. Yep. Like on the positive and negative end because they lost 9 0 at the start. But uh, getting rid of Scott Parker at the beginning of the year was, I mean, in hindsight, the best decision.
1: Yeah, they were the only team this year that didn't score on a penalty. They were never given a penalty at all this season in the league. Um, They also didn't have any own goals for them, them in Southampton. And when it came to defensively, they gave up the most goals off set pieces. 21 goals from set pieces. Not acceptable.
0: Nope.
1: Moving on to 14th position, a team that is still playing. They have their Conference League final, I believe, this Wednesday. They do against Fiorentina. Um, I saw there were clips a few days ago. Some of the guys went to a water park and then a different group went to play golf. Nice. Um, Surprisingly, all the minorities went to the water park and all the white dudes went playing golf. I thought that was a funny point. Um, But that's not the point of this. Top scorer, Bowen and Ben Rama tied with six goals. Most assists, Jared Bowen with five. Biggest signings, Paquetta for 43 mil. Skamaka for 36, up there for flop flop signing. Yeah, And then uh, Nafia Aguard for 35 mil, Champions League experience was good. Biggest departures, not too many. Uh, Issa Diop, 18 mil, went to Fulham, had a great season. Craig Dawson, halfway through the year for a little under four mil, went to Wolves. And then Mark Noble's retirement, that leadership role was left, vaca- left vacated that uh, Declan Rice had to step up and take place. Critical moments for me, they've been having a great run in Europe. Ultimately, will be capped off by Wednesday with that result. They stuck it out with Moyes, like we talked about with Steve Cooper and Forrest. They stuck the year out with him. A lot of moments there towards the end of the season where people were talking, if they don't get a win or a result here, Moyes is going to be gone. And that's tough as a manager to deal with something looming over you like that for a significant time in the year, where you're seeing the most ever sackings going on in the season. And then uh, their new signings took it took some time to adjust to the league and Lucas Paqueta with figuring out where he fitted in in the team, um, as well as Skamaka early on in the year, they wanted to try to force him in there and it just didn't seem to work with his play style coming from Syria where he was used to a certain way. and now with uh, the Premier League being pretty bang bang on with strength on strength, iron clashing with iron. And uh, I think Michael Antonio suits Moises' style of a number nine more than uh, Skamaka does. So, um, it is. Sorry, I skipped over what the sequence I was doing. We all had them finishing seventh. Zach did the best by far. He went twenty-two and sixteen, and then uh, I finished second. Massive drop off. Thirteen and twenty-five. Better than last year when I went ten and twenty-eight. Evan significant drop off from last year where he predicted them this year one of his worst teams went 11 and 27 crazy um yeah
0: i mean this was this was a crazy season uh west ham it was hairy for them for majority of the season Moyes looked like he'd be out for sure and then he just wasn't and now they're in a european final i, I don't know It's the Conference League, but it's still a spot in Europe if they win it. And it's money and it's exposure. It's good, uh, to be honest. But uh, yeah, Rice and Paquetta were their highlights all season for me. I think Rice really developed further and is definitely heading somewhere else. But Paquetsa was their club record signing, and I don't think he disappointed whatsoever. They're wanting for a striker, but Paquetsa picked up a lot of the offensive load and is obviously a very good midfielder as well, who can do work on both ends. Uh, I think their best results were the 2-2 against Arsenal and the 1-0 against United a few weeks ago, but there were a ton of games this season where they just got drubbed. They did just enough to stay up in a season that followed a seventh-place finish last year, and I wasn't really impressed until they did the thing when they were looking down the relegation cannon come the end of the season. Rating is low here. I think it's a, a 3 of 10 because really they were disappointing this season considering where they were last year and when you consider how good Declan Rice and Jared Bowen really are. Uh, just a quick note before I hand this one over to Zach. It has been reported that Roma and um, West Ham are interested in doing a, sweet, a straight swap, Tammy Abraham for Gianluigi Scamaca,
1: which I don't Abraham know. Abraham do his ACL? Yeah. I heard he's out until November or something. Yeah, th-
0: that's what I heard too, but that was after. This report that I saw was after that. So I guess the way that I see it is Tammy Abraham is obviously more valuable than Skamaka. Maybe the yeah. price is factored in, right? His injury, the fact that he's not going to be able to come back until November. If they say November, it's probably December. Maybe that's factored in, right? You only have him for a third of the season.
1: I mean, that's a great deal. If you, get I think so too. To
0: Bob. I, I would take Tammy, no doubt.
1: I think they would want sixty seventy mil for him if he's fully fit. Yeah, easily.
2: Yeah, I didn't know about that Tammy Abraham swap. That'll be I mean I'm, I would expect it to work out pretty well for him. Yeah. Um but for West Ham season, I mean they had conference league going on, so uh, you can make that their excuse for why they finished as low. Uh them having faith in Moyes, I think uh they they just trust trusted in his, his age and his wisdom, I mean, compared to other managers who were on, on the hot seat down here they i don't think any of them were nearly as tenured as, as Moyes was in the in the premier at least so they stuck it out and uh it paid off for him in terms of staying up not really uh happy with a 14th place finish but i mean they got conference league to look forward to like you said declan rice uh developed great i think they they got some good guys on that team and they could definitely finish top half if if they put their minds to it
1: well, I don't know if Bryce leaves. That's a massive hole. Plus, if he's going to yeah. go to a rival like Arsenal, yeah, if side. they
2: if they keep their current team, I mean, losing some guys is going to hurt.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's tough. Does Evan? Does your rating improve if they win on Wednesday? Yeah, a little bit, just because they get
0: it's it's auto European or it's auto Europa League, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'd say it goes up if you can get in Europa League, even if you finish this a shit spot on the table. Like it, it is a good season. Just because of the yeah. money you win and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, there'd be there would be eight English teams in Europe and and Tottenham and Chelsea aren't in there. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Um jumping up to 13th, three teams left to go. Wolves. Uh prediction Oof. or yeah, rankings wise. Evan had them finishing twelfth. I had them eleventh. Zach once again spot on thirteenth. Uh Zach did the best with them rating wise ranking wise, uh 24 and 14. Evan 18 and 20, and then I went 16 and 22. Top scorers of the club, Podenson and Ruben Neves, both with six. Most assists. Jal Moutinho with two. Uh, they had 10 players tied with one. Obviously, that's a key source. They were the worst scoring team with 31 goals, so they averaged less than a goal a game. Biggest signings uh, Mateus Nunes, 45 mil. Uh, Guedes, 32. And Nathan Collins for 24. Biggest departures, Morgan Gibbs White for 30. And then uh, Leandro Den Donker for 15. Critical moments for me. Bruno Lodge, we talked at the start of the year, we were pretty sure he wasn't going to last until the, win- the World Cup window. He had no influence on the team, and he only had two wins with him up till his tenure ended. Worst scoring team, as I mentioned, attacking signings, couldn't find results. They even loaned out Guedas in the winter window. So that shows how bad that signing was. And uh, their their big wins were late in the year, which saved them ultimately.
0: Yeah. Um, wolves, man. I mean, fucking snore. Boring shit, as always. They're the most toast, comfortable, lifeless, and limp 13th place finish you'll probably most likely ever see. Uh, it was so shaky for them at points, and I had... Essentially, zero desire to watch any game they were involved in. Um, The story of the season, Wolves started with Bruno Lage at the helm, uh, another Portuguese manager who had replaced Nuno Espirito Santos, but they failed to rake in any sort of genuinely positive results with him. In 18th, Wolves then looked to Steve Davis to act as their interim. That was a low point. Uh, he didn't impress with results that mirrored Lodge's early season form. And so they didn't have a choice but to take a leap and go for someone a bit more experienced in hopes that they'd guarantee their survival for next season. The man they went for was Julian Lopetegui. He did extremely well down the stretch for Wolves, and they finished comfortably in the lower mid-table section this season. But his future is uncertain amid financial restrictions and the issues of buying players next season. The truly ridiculous thing about the season is the Wolves forwards. Those players, namely Chan, Diego Costa, who was a January transfer, and Raul Jimenez, CTE poster boy, registered just four goals in the league collectively this season. That is abysmal, as was a majority of the season as a whole. The outliers in terms of performance were their wins against Chelsea and Brentford two weeks in a row. It was never like you could count them out, but even in their wins, it was just boring. I'm not hopeful for Wolves next season, especially if they lose Lopetegui, but we'll see, I suppose. Even though I hate them and I think they're boring, the season rating is still 4 out of 10. It's a comfy finish, but it doesn't move the needle for me whatsoever.
2: No, I I mean, everything you said was, was really great there. Thanks. But I think... Uh... The key a key for them going forward is obviously the Portuguese links throughout the team, but Ruben Neves Green links. If 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 they if they keep Ruben Neves in that team I think and they get the money they they need, they can build a solid squad around him.
1: Evan Evan and I touched on this last week, Zach, or the week before, but we were saying like how every team has like two or three players that are recognizable and that you enjoy watching. Is there anybody on Wolves that is in that category for you?
2: Yeah, I uh, just said Ruben Neves and uh, and Triore when he comes in off the bench. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, but I, I guess I guess so. But I mean, they they've scored thirty one goals. The only reason they finish where they do is because their de- defense is decent. But this was one of their worst defensive years. They give up fifty eight goals, which is in the bottom bottom half of the category and obviously 31 goals for they they average around a goal uh, a game every season almost but it's just not enough and if Lopetegi leaves that's massive issues going into a summer where it's critical they need to eat they need to finalize who's in this team because I think Ruben Neves wants to leave too and uh, they have a number nine issue and it's just a lot of chaos going around yeah, One more thing, uh, in gold, as I saw, I think played a
2: portion of the season with a broken hand, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and then they ended up switching him out at the end of the year,
1: yeah. Just a lot of a lot of problems there. Speaking of problems, going into probably the highlight of this episode, we yeah. have 12th, um, prediction wise, Evan and I had them finishing fourth, Zach. More pessimistic, had them finishing fifth. Record-wise, Zach did the best, 19-19. and 19. Evan and I both 17-21. and 21. Top scorer, Kai Havertz with seven. Most assists, Sterling with three, and Hakim Ziyech with three. Nice. What I had, um, biggest signings, too many. Uh, biggest <laughs> departures, Timo Werner, 20 mil. Not Martino, enough. 11. Lukaku, Rüdiger, and Christensen all leaving. The most critical ones being Rüdiger and Christensen on freeze to Madrid and Barcelona, respectively. Um, I'm going to let you guys go before I start.
0: Yikes, dude. This is the worst version of Chelsea I've seen in my entire life. There was zero plan in place for Chelsea to follow this season mostly because of Todd bully who bought the team. They sacked Tuchel following a loss to Dinamo Zagreb in the champions league, then managed to make the quarterfinals anyway. This was so early in the season. Then after that, they jumped on to Potter and took him away from Brighton and he was shit. Like really shit. He got sacked and he's out in the ether still. Uh, I don't know. Then they decided that a return for Frank was in order uh he's been their manager since the potter sacking and to be fair they were absolutely shit with him as well uh it's not right to blame frank because this team would have sucked with sir alex ferguson at the helm it's bloated as all get out it's young it's expensive and it's lacking in identity bully buying the team is literally the low point of the season because all of the fucking cancer that followed him their purchases of Chernobyl Neymar, Michaela Mudrić, and young Argentinian midfielder Enzo Fernandez were supposed to be their highlights, but they weren't all that impressive, just because of the issues that plagued the whole squad. They got destroyed in the league on a pretty routine basis, but the quality of the team was enough to ensure that they didn't finish any lower. Words can't really explain how much of a disappointment this season was, but it's for sure the worst I've ever seen them. I typically fear them, and this year I mostly spent time giggling at the frivolous spending, lack of planning, and downright poor team performances. With all that being said, Chelsea will be back. Obviously, this is a 0 out of 10 season and a waste of a year, but they will be back.
2: Yeah, it was shit. So bad. It was terrible. Uh, I can't really add any more than that. I'm sure Matt's going to go off on this. Oof. Wow. But uh, I, I'm excited to see what Pochettino does with him. I yeah. think he's going to crack the whip this summer. He's going to get things in order and it will most certainly be a rebuilding year. Yeah,
1: Matt, I take think, it away. Yeah, <laughs> I think the short and simple answer is, is as you said, it was shit. And you could ultimately leave it at that when I mean, you want to forget about it, throw it in the back of the closet and never think about it again. But we have to, we have to grow from this. It's a moment that as fans, this is. Something we're not used to with the club as of the last two decades with when Robin Abramovich took over with the amount of success we had winning many, many titles in all competitions and now going to a low of low points. Our worst finish when it comes to total points, our worst finish when it comes to total goals, a worst finish when it comes to most defeats ever in the Prem with 16. And um, as Evan mentioned, it's not Frank's fault ultimately i appreciate what he did he came in as the fall guy and that's really tough to do because he loves this club more than anybody could imagine with his playing career and what he did on the pitch coming from west ham and at a time when he was so young and with Mourinho got molded into the player he was the top scorer in the club in our history and uh i appreciate what he did ultimately it didn't help with what he did every week playing the certain players and the style we were and Just there's, it ultimately came down to me thinking about this just too many players that don't have discussed roles. People are here with going about their day to days, not knowing what the future is and what they're doing on a weekly basis. Uh, At times, we're having different guys play in each position, and then they're coming in due to like certain conditions, and it's they don't give their best performance, or they don't know what's going on with the formation. We have Trev Chalba playing three different positions. Our fullbacks are always hurt. We had Mason Mount having issues during the year. Uh, apparently, I heard that he had a stalker during the fall. The fall part of the year, girl wouldn't leave him alone. So maybe that's another reason why he's trying to get out of town and go to Man United. But yeah, it's uh, when you have Hakim Ziyech leading in some statistical categories, it's it's an issue. Um, poorly run. Todd Bowley came in thinking he knew what he was going to do. Egba and the rest of the capital. Um, organization that took over. They thought it was going to run more like an American business and that's just not what it was. So they're taking a little bit of their hands off the wheels. Um, Pochettino coming in officially on the 1st of July with his team that he's worked with his whole life. They they only work with him. And um, clearing the books out needs to be done. We mentioned with Ugate not being confirmed, going to PSG. It's... Uh, it's a step in the right direction, not immediately splashing out on the first guy we see. So there's talks of other guys leaving. It's it's good. I don't want to dwell too much on the year as a, as a, as um a, as, a, as a whole. Now that it's over, and um, yeah, everybody needs a break. Everybody needs a break. a Few weeks off to regroup, and um, come July first, it's a new ball game.
0: Yeah, absolutely right.
1: Okay. Um, Hopefully. Um, uh, Last team of the episode. Starting to get into these teams that are on a more positive note, we go to Crystal Palace in 11th. Evan had them finishing 10th. I had them finishing 13th. Zach had them finishing 12th. Record wise, Evan did the best. He went 20 and 18. Zach and I tied 19 and 19. Top scorer of the club for the season was Eze with 10. Most assists, Elise with eleven. Biggest signings. Uh check in the or no, not check Ducore. Uh I, did, I forget. I get him and the Cuyate confused. Uh Decore, 22 mil in the middle, did a great job as the six. And then as Sam Johnson coming in on a free with Guaita being injured during the year, he stepped up and did a great job with Roy Hodgson under uh in the helm. Biggest departures, Kuyate going on a free to Forrest and Christian Benteke, five and a half mil going to good old DC United to play for um, Waza. Critical moments, attacking trio were dynamic in Zaha, Eze, and Elise, and they all had individually great seasons. The, The sacking of Patrick Vieira, very upsetting for Evan, but ultimately another correct decision by Steve Parrish and the ownership group ultimately saved them with Ray Hodgson coming in and cleaning things up, the old bastard. And uh, it looked like a good young team that are only missing a few little pieces that could push them up higher, like a Villa Brentford type of deal.
0: Yeah. Um, Palace, like we sort of mentioned, they're my adopted second team. Uh, I've enjoyed watching them for years and then was even more excited when Patrick Vieira took over as manager. Uh he's no longer there after a poor run of form and a surprise sacking, but I continued to enjoy watching Palace this season. This team is full of so many young individual talents. Eze, Edward, Elise. The list goes on. Uh I believe uh Eze actually was the uh assist leader for under twenty three players. It was him or Elise across Europe's top ten uh leagues. So Hats off. Yeah, it was a list side. Sorry. Um, These guys are electric, though. Ayu kind of resurrected his career there uh, towards the end. Watching those players ball out while their adopted father, Wilf Zaha, was out with injury uh, was such a pleasure. And seeing them play this way for one of the oldest and most crustiest bastards on the planet, uh, and Roy Hodgson, was actually an extremely nice surprise. I expected boredom. Uh, when he came in, but Palace took a fuck ton of points from games after Roy came in. And it's sort of looking like he may stay on with them next year after seeing how well the players responded to his appointment in the interim role. Defensively, the team has a lot of work to do. And the midfield could probably use some shoring up too with some younger players. But I don't think they're wanting all that much up top with the talent they already have. Uh, Their high points were the final 10 games of the season, basically taking five wins and three draws from their last 10 games. They were staring down the barrel of relegation when Hodgson came in, and they proceeded to rake in 18 points in crunch time. That should be indicative of where their ceiling is, and I hesitate to say they're at the level of other mid-table perennials like Villa, but I did see a lot of things that I liked this year, and I look forward to Palace placing even higher next year. I think Eze is definitely the key to that. Um, And season performance for me is a 6 here. I know that's maybe high, but I really did enjoy watching a lot of their games this year, and I think... They've showcased what they're capable of, um, you know, what it really matters.
2: Yeah, I was going to add that the, the front three was, was a great killer. for them this yeah. year. I, I loved watching all those guys. I had least on the fantasy team. He was great. Um, but yeah, building out from that, they just got to improve the team around those front three and, and, and they'll keep on moving. I mean, they're going to move on from Roy from Hudson, I would assume. You had another team who, who needed a, a manager change during the year, but I think they get the right guy in. They get some funding. They they get some good signings to, to supplement those front three and build a nice spine throughout the team, and, and they'll be looking great. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, one more thing before we close. This was a crazy year uh, coming off the effects of COVID ending, and most importantly, you had a World Cup, we forget, in the middle of the season. Uh, thinking back now how how much of an impact did that world cap the world that world cup have on the these standings
0: yeah I mean I think it was a lot for for some of these guys but when you consider the teams that went deep like a lot of the English players it's not like they were super you know what I mean they didn't go that far so I don't know kind of weird but I think some of the guys were more focused on the World Cup this season than they were on the league. Like That kind of shows, but I don't know. I don't want to well, see it again. How's that? The
1: reason I ask is because Leicester, before the break, had a four, four wins out of five, and then after the break, they went on a four-straight game losing streak, so losing that form kind of hurt them. Other teams as well, like Bournemouth was doing decent, and then after they kind of fell off, went on a massive rut. So I don't know. I just feel like it does have a massive impact because in a player's mind before the world cup playing your league games, you're thinking I can't get hurt because there's a world cup. I don't know if I'm ever going to get another chance to play in this team. So I don't know if the players fully gave their all, you know what I mean? In certain moments, yeah. but yeah. yeah, Zach, any, anything to add on that point?
2: Uh, I guess it's just very situational. I mean, Leicester is obviously going to be the, the shining example of it, but I, I just think it's situational. Yeah,
1: apparently, uh, Tillemans is one of those seven I mentioned earlier that is up. His contract was he let go of Leicester, so yeah, I think Aston Villa is a top target there for him. Villa mm-hmm. want to get him. Um, okay, we'll talk. We'll talk about those guys and the other nine teams that finished in the top half of the table next Monday. Yep. Uh, this concludes the the bottom half of the season review. And um yeah, follow us at Post Twenty Pod on social media, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, follow us on our streaming platforms on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, we'll have one more week, a breakdown next week, and then the, after that, we'll be a little bit of free flow. We'll change things up. We'll get into who, maybe Arsenal, Chelsea, United. Who needs to be signed? Who needs to get dropped? At that point, we'll probably have some of our answers. Um, or some of our questions already answered about players leaving coming in. But anything else to add, guys, as we close?
0: No, that's it. Um, I enjoyed that. I thought that was great.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, Take care, and uh, we'll see you next week.
0: See you, guys.